Hey friends, it's Candace Eisner back with you again this week. And this week, we're going to talk about a little heavier topic. We're going to talk about tackling fear and feeling like you're an imposter in your career or your business. Welcome to Life Beyond the Massage Table, a podcast for massage therapists, or really anyone who works in health and wellness. I'm here to help you take a look at your business and practice in new ways, to think outside the box, and to shift gears from the same old stuff that isn't helping you build the life and the business that you really want. Let's get started. Hey, well, happy Canada Day to all my Canadian listeners, or well, it's almost Canada Day as I'm releasing this podcast episode. Um, And for my American listeners, happy Independence Day or July 4th or whatever you refer to it as in your region. As I've learned from some travels through the U.S., it kind of (laughs) depends. Similarly here in Canada, actually, uh, most people talk about Canada Day, but if you're in Quebec, it's more about Saint-Jean-Baptiste, which happened last week or last weekend, if we're being specific. But anyway, um, and if you are not in North America, uh, sorry, <laughs> actually, if you're if you're in Mexico, I guess you're in North America, but you don't celebrate either of those things. But anyway, all's, all's to say, uh, you know, for those North American listeners who are in those two countries, I hope you're having an awesome holiday time. For those other listeners, I hope you're just enjoying the summer. And uh, yeah, let's dive into this week's topic. It is a little bit of a heavier topic. So first, let me be 100% clear with everyone. I experience imposter syndrome sometimes, and we'll get into a minute, in a minute, like if you've never heard of that term, I'll get into what it is and why you might be experiencing it and how to tackle and all that stuff in a minute. But I think it's important for me to say right off the bat that it's not like I've transcended it. It's not like I've perfected things so much that like I have so much advice to give you all because I know how to beat it. And it just doesn't work that way, you know? So I do experience imposter syndrome, especially more recently with the career changes I've been making that I've talked about in recent episodes, so we won't get into that. And I know my friends experience this sometimes from conversations I've had with them. And Honestly, I think everybody experiences it sometimes. Because, yeah, that's the thing. It's really common, especially in this day and age of social media where people are sharing the super filtered, perfect, lit, perfectly lit, everything looks beautiful version of their lives and not the messy stuff that happens, you know, where their lives look like, uh, you know, picture perfect and they have the perfect makeup and the perfect lighting and their their partner looks perfect, their children look perfect, everything is perfect. You know, that's a lot of what you see on social media and in the regular media, right? And it's not really sharing the real life stuff, the struggles, like the, oh crap, my client is really pissed at me stuff or the, oh, my business is currently really struggling and I'm in a lot of debt stuff or the my son peed the bed for the fourth time this week and I'm really frustrated stuff or my partner and I are having some difficulties in our relationship stuff. People don't tend to share that on social media. They don't tend to share that semi-publicly or fully publicly, right? So we fall into this trap of comparing ourselves to others But we're comparing ourselves to this perfect filtered version of their lives and not the reality of their lives. And we start thinking we're never going to measure up. 
And if you let that train of thought keep going, soon you're in the, hey, I'm not cut out for my job train of thought, or the, why should people pay me when I'm not as good as these other people train of thought. And that's what imposter syndrome is about. So for those of you who've never really heard this term, imposter syndrome refers to the idea that you're an inadequate and incompetent failure. Wow, those are really, you know, difficult, heavy words. And that success is not something that you you have, or if you do have success, it's just because of a fluke or because you happen to know someone. You got lucky, in other words. That's, that's what you internalize, that, you know, you're not actually successful because of what you've done. You're successful because there's just a fluke and that at your core, you're actually incompetent and a failure and like you, you, you're not really going to accomplish much. Now, this is despite the fact that there are, there's lots of evidence that points to the opposite in your life. You're skilled. You deserve the successes you have. You've had successes. You just don't see them at the moment. But that doesn't matter because you're in this imposter syndrome mindset. And of course, it manifests on different levels for some, for everybody. Like you might think, oh, Candace, I don't feel like that bad about things. Well, but even so, you know, if you're going to yourself, saying to yourself, oh, well, you know, I'm not getting enough client bookings. It must be something I did. This isn't working out for me. You know, if you're if you're going down that, you know, rabbit hole of thinking that you're failing for some reason, even if you're not saying that capital F fail word, you're still falling into that imposter syndrome, I can't do it, I'm not good enough kind of mindset, even if it's a lighter version of it. And, you know, even though we didn't really talk about imposter syndrome that much, say even 10 years ago. It's not some new thing that people created in order to sell a bunch of ebooks or like courses or whatever, you know? This is a real thing that the media has been reporting on for, well, quite a long time, actually, especially the last few years. And it's not just random media publications. It's not just like someone posted a blog post or put something up on Medium or whatever. It's actually in like known media sources. For example, I've seen articles just off the top, off the cuff, quick Google search, Vice, Scientific America, Time, Fast Company, and even Psychology Today, which for those of you don't who don't know, it's a magazine, an online publication, I think. I don't know if they do a physical magazine anymore um, for the psychology community, both clients and um, like patients and uh, professionals. So if they're reporting it, and if all those other media places are reporting it, it's not just some made-up phenomenon so, you know, people can sell courses to you, right? It's, it's a real thing. And an interesting thing about this sort of uh, imposter syndrome, I, you know, how am I going to be successful? This is not, you know, I, I can't make enough money. What do I do? Kind of mindset is that it isn't just the self-employed entrepreneurial types who end up falling into that trap. So you might think that it's mostly the self-employed people because we're the ones really putting ourselves out there, so to speak, building our businesses. And when things don't go right, it can feel very, very personal. And you get those feelings of fraud and inadequacy that come up, right? Because your business is an extension of you, whether you know whether you like it or not. If you own a business, it is an extension of you, and so f- 
failures in your business can feel like personal failures, and that's part of how you can end up in this imposter syndrome feeling, right? The feeling that you can't do it, and how did you end up in this career anyway? And, you know, people are so much better than you, those kinds of feelings, the fraudy feelings, as the ladies from Being Boss call it. I'm sure lots of places have called it that. They're just the people who I picked that term up from. But the thing is, people who work various jobs as employees feel it too. I think especially in the tech industry, here I am again this week talking about that industry, but because it's such a big employer, especially in my area, I do, and my husband works in that field, um, I do see a lot of these things happening there. Interestingly, I recently read an article from The Atlantic about how job listings have kind of gone off the deep end a bit over the last decade, maybe a little longer. So for those of you who have worked as employees, which I think probably most of us have at some point in our careers, we know, especially if you're a little older, if you're like me in your 40s or or older, it used to be that job ads would just list sort of what the job was and some basic job requirements and ask you to send a resume and a cover letter, et cetera. Like pretty simple, right? But now that we're in this digital world where there's a lot more space for you to write a longer ad, job ads are kind of... They contain a lot of stuff and it's gotten to the point where it's almost ridiculous. This article goes on to talk about. So they're filled with a huge list of expectations and requirements, making it sound like you you should be a superhero or not bother to apply, basically. In fact, some of them literally say things like, you must be a customer support superhero to apply or only elite warriors should apply. Like those are those are quotes from actual job ads. I'm not making that up. That was from the article. And one example from my personal life, because I am looking for, you know, contract work or part time work or something in the nonprofit industry. Um, So I am looking at job ads quite a bit and looking at various places where I might want to work. And one of them posted an ad for a fundraiser. And the ad started with the phrase, are you our unicorn? And I just went like, what? Why are you putting such like a heavy expectation on somebody? You know, them having like skills and, and abilities isn't enough. Like you want people to be a freaking unicorn. And of course, the job went on to have like this big list of expectations, not just around experience, but about personality and soft skills and everything else. Now, I understand companies, and just like any of you who might be, say, hiring somebody as a subcontractor, like say, you know, you you own a clinic or a studio, uh, a gym, whatever, and you want to have a few people to help out. Obviously, when you do that, you want to have somebody who's a good fit and has certain skills, right? Obviously, that's important. I'm not saying job ads shouldn't talk about those things. But these ads are going too a bit too far. And that's kind of what this article from The Atlantic was saying. They're just feeding into this culture that says, if you aren't obsessed with your work and absolutely at the top of your game at all times with a shining resume full of accolades and awards, then you aren't worthy of the time it takes to even read half of your resume. That's basically what the attitude is that these job ads are, are giving, you know, giving out. It says that you need to be some sort of superhuman to be worthy, you know? And that really feeds into this culture of imposter syndrome that we've kind of built. But let's get back to you guys, right? You health, wellness, and fitness awesome people out there. Because you're probably not, most of you, you might be posting some job ads, but you're probably not reading job ads. 
But instead of having a hiring committee and coworkers and whatever, you know, giving you heavily heavy scrutiny, you know, oh, is this person uh, close enough to being a unicorn or a superhero or a ninja or whatever our crazy expectation is, you instead have clients and colleagues and fellow health and wellness professionals and friends and family who might say things to make you feel less than, who might be comparing you to others who might be giving you this idea that whatever you have achieved in your business isn't enough because you're not measuring up to someone else. And you also probably have some patterns you've learned over time that feed into those feelings of being a fraud or being an imposter or not being good at your career. So what do we do about that? Well, you know, because we don't want to have our career kind of... um, crash and burn, really, right? And the reality is you're probably a lot better at your job than you think you are. It's just, it's easy when you're having a rough week or you're having people giving you crap for stuff or whatever to think that, you know, you're not good at being a yoga teacher. You're not good at being a nutrition consultant. You're not good at being a massage therapist. You you know, you'll you'll never you'll never have the success that you see others having. It doesn't matter that you, you know, you went to school for this or you've got experience or whatever. You just you're never going to measure up. Those are the feelings that you're t- those are the thoughts and feelings that you're having and what you're telling yourself. But how do we stop that cycle so we can move forward with what we're doing, right? Well, In the articles I read, there's a number of personality traits that were mentioned that are linked to imposter syndrome. And this kind of helps you identify maybe like what it is that you're you're doing or thinking that's got you kind of going down that road. And I mean, a lot of people experiencing these things, but or a lot of people experience these things. But four of the big ones are number one, being a perfectionist. Number two, feeling like you're expected to be a superhuman. Number three, feeling like you have to do everything yourself and you cannot and will not ask for help because that's just not what is done. And number four, feeling like you need to be an expert at things, especially when it comes to your career. So do any of these things sound familiar to you guys? Because they're actually very, very common along amongst the self-employed entrepreneurial type people. Even if you don't think of yourself as being entrepreneurial, if you are self-employed, if you run your own, you know, space, you probably fall into at least one, if not two, three, possibly even all four of those categories, right? If you're, if you're honest with yourself. Because, hey, a lot of us who go into careers where we work for ourselves do it because we like having control. We like calling the shots. We like being able to have the freedom and control of our schedules and our lives. Like that's why a lot of us go into being self-employed, not just people in health and wellness, but people in all careers, right? Because yeah, you as a health, wellness, fitness professional, you might've gone into that because you love helping people. You have a passion for helping people with their health and their wellness and living, you know, good lives, right? That's probably why you went into your career. But then many of us in that sector choose to be self-employed, opening our own office or, you know, running our own small office out of someone else's office or, you know, that or working out of our house or offering mobile services, something where we get to call the shots, And we do it because we like having that freedom and control, like I just said. So 
I bet almost everyone listening can relate to at least one of those four points, or maybe even all four. And you know, that's fine. All four of those things can be good to a certain extent in the right context. Like it's good to want things done well, obviously. It's good to learn to do hard things, you know, like the so-called superhumans do. It's good to be able to juggle a bunch of things all at once to a certain extent. Obviously, multitasking can be good and bad, but having the ability to do it to a certain extent is a good thing. It's good to be able to do things for yourself and not have to ask somebody for every little thing. It's good, you know, if you can do basic repairs or, you know, um, something's not working and you get it fixed or like you need to update your website so you don't have to call your website person every single time you need to do a tiny update. You can do some of them yourself. All that kind of stuff. It's good to know how to do some of these things, right? But it's also good to be aware that all four of those traits make you very susceptible to refusing help from others and having negative self-talk and negative feelings towards yourself when things start going wrong. And when things start going wrong, you can go into a downward spiral from there for some of us, right? You can end up not just feeling like you're a fraud or like you're bad at your career, but it can really spiral. And some people can end up getting like symptoms of anxiety and depression. And it can just, it's, it's just, it's hard. And it's something that self-employed entrepreneurial types tend to get stuck in. So how do we tackle that then? So now that we sort of identified some of the personality traits that are kind of helping us, well, they're not actually helping us, are they? They're, they're hindering us in some ways in terms of feeling good about our career and feeling positive and feeling like, you know, we are actually good at what we do. Um, so what do we do? What do we do to kind of turn that around so we don't just feel like we're imposters all the time? Because it's easy to continue down that spiral, especially when everything around you is telling you that everybody else has this perfect career. So why don't you? Especially in this, like I said, day and age of social media and everybody having this fake picture perfect career in life. There's just not reality. Well, when I struggle with these feelings, there's some things that really help me feel more positive and more confident. So obviously it's a process. Some days are great and other days are harder and that's life, you know, but I'm hopeful that my sharing what I do and what I, what helps me kind of get out of these patterns will help point you in the right direction. You know, I can't, I like, I'm not obviously a mental health professional. I'm not a career coach in that sense. I do some, you know, I do some business coaching, but not, you know, I can help clients with these things a little bit, but I'm not, I'm trying, I'm trying to be very careful how I say this. Basically, I'm not a mental health professional. So if you're just struggling with sort of like the upper level, like you're feeling a bit worried about things, I can kind of help with that. But if you're starting to feel more deeply, like it's getting more into like an anxiety feeling or a depressed feeling, or like you're feeling kind of worthless or really frustrated, like you don't know why you, you went into this career and it really feels like it's the wrong place for you. If you're, you're starting to slip into that, that's some, you know, maybe maybe some of these tips I'm about to list will help you, but that's the kind of thing where maybe you need to also get some outside help just to give you some perspective and some help because that's important. Taking care of yourself is really, really important. But yeah, here's my five ideas or tips that maybe will help you feel a bit more positive about things when things all feel like they're going to shit. <laughs> so first and foremost, 
I think for me, the most important thing is to acknowledge how I'm feeling. So you should acknowledge how you're feeling. You know, because you know what? It's okay to feel what you are feeling. It means you're human. It means you care about things. So give yourself a pat on the back for wanting to be awesome at your career. Give yourself uh, some space. Be happy with the fact that you actually care. And then take a deep breath and remember that everything is a process. And you're going to get through it. And I know that sounds very simplistic the way I just said it, but it is a process. It is something that's going to take time. It's not like you snap your fingers and all of a sudden everything's great. But just acknowledging the fact that you're feeling the way you're feeling for a reason and it's okay to feel what you're feeling, you know? And the second thing is to remind yourself that only you define what success looks like. Stop looking to others for their decisions and their thoughts and their opinions. Now, caveat here, sometimes it's okay to get feedback from others. This Because getting perspective is good. Um, especially, say, if you're new to a town or you're new to your, very new to your career or um, new to a location, whatever. It's, it's good to get some perspective because you are new. You know, you need to learn what's kind of expected or what's common or whatever in that area, right? That's, that's fine. But often we fall into this trap of thinking we need to do things exactly the way that everyone else do, does them, right? So for example, you know, say uh, you're having trouble getting clients booked in and you're really struggling with getting enough um, income. You're starting to feel like a fraud. So instead of sort of looking at your business and, you know, internally and saying to yourself, okay, what maybe needs to get changed, maybe getting some feedback from some clients that you trust, that kind of thing. You start posting on social media, like in private groups, let's say on Facebook or um, other places, mostly Facebook, and asking, hey, you know, how much do you guys charge for an hour? Um, I'm having a lot of trouble getting my books full, so maybe I'm charging too much. Or, you start like asking all of your friends and family what they think might be wrong with your business. Or you start obsessively researching things online from like published articles from people like from so-called like business gurus who say like this is the way to build a business. And those are fine to a certain extent. It's okay to get outside perspective a little bit. But when it comes down to it, you need to remember that only you define what success looks like. So ultimately, it doesn't matter for the most part what other people are charging or what other people are doing. What matters is what you're doing and what your clients, you know, like, what people are responding to, right? So yes, you know, maybe you do have a problem where your fees are way too high. Like say you, I don't know, you're new to an area and your your prices are like super high in comparison to the rest of the community and you thought you could make it work, but it's not working. Like, like you're getting so few bookings. It's because the trust isn't there yet. The community doesn't know you. Maybe later on you can charge more and it'll be totally justified. Everybody like, oh, of course, you have 20 years experience and you've got this extra education and da 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 Of course, I'll pay you more. But until the, the, that trust is there, they may not necessarily want to, right? So all I'm basically saying is don't forget that you define what your success looks like and your success doesn't have to be, you know, a full book all the time. It can be simply that you 
two weeks ago had 10 clients or that your website looks great. And anyway, we'll, we'll get onto that a little bit more in a moment. Another tip I have for you guys is remembering that failing at something doesn't mean that you're actually a failure. Because we have a tendency to think that, especially if we're in a negative mindset, that we failed at one thing, therefore we're a total fraud and we're failure and what the hell, right? I think everybody's probably heard this quote that's attributed to Michael Jordan that says, I've failed over and over and over again in my life and that is why I succeed. And he's not wrong, right? It's, that's, it's true. The reason why, uh, the reason, the how we learn, is what I'm trying to say, how we learn is by failing sometimes. I think the way that we should approach this is kind of the way the kids approach things. I don't know if any of you have kids or you have like nieces and nephews or friends with kids or you just remember being a kid. But kids, as long as they're not taught that failing is bad, because if if that's ingrained in them, then they start to get upset. But if they're taught that it's okay to fall down, literally and figuratively, it's okay to not hit the ball sometimes, it's okay to crash your bike as long as you don't get badly injured, it's okay to, you know, draw weird lines on something until you learn how to do it better, it's okay if your letters are backwards, you'll get it eventually. Kids don't think of those things as failures, not usually, they just think of it as part of the learning process or being creative or whatever. And so I think we as adults could learn a lot from kids. When you fail at something, and and it's good to not even think of it as being a failure, really. When just when something doesn't go the way you expected or it doesn't go the way you hoped, maybe you created a, a product to sell to your clients and like only one person bought. You can think of that as being a massive failure and you can get down on yourself and think that you're a fraud and you're an imposter and you're terrible at your career. Or you can give yourself a moment to, you know, grieve the fact that it didn't go so well. And then you can look at it as a learning experience and go, well, okay, what can I take from this moving forward to make my business better, to make my life better, to just to change things? And that is the only way we learn. I mean, sometimes we learn by watching others make mistakes. That's true. But for a lot of us, the best way to learn is to experience it for ourselves. And again, you know, that's not necessarily everything, but a lot of things. So just because something, one thing didn't go well, or a few things didn't go well, doesn't mean your entire career is a failure. Your entire career is isn't going well, right? And on that note, by the way, here's another tip for you, and that's allowing yourself to list some of the things that have gone well in your business and your career, rather than just focusing on the things that haven't gone well. And they don't have to be huge things. They don't need to be awards and being on the like top 30 under 30 list and like getting, you know, uh, accolades at like the local BIA meeting and like all those kinds of things that like society teaches us is important. Because ultimately, they're cool. And if you are someone who got an award like that, kudos to you. I'm not I'm not trying to, you know, knock you and say that, you know, you're terrible for winning an award. Of course not. 
But I am saying, ultimately, those are not the most important things in life. So think about the wins that you've had in your business. It can be little things. It can be stuff like a client saying they loved working with you or that what you did for them helped them or that they appreciate you, any of those kinds of things. It can be the business card that you worked with hard with a designer on or even designed yourself maybe and you felt it turned out really nice. You like it. That's a win. Or it can be the fact that you had a fully booked week last month. Maybe you haven't had a fully book, booked week since, but that's okay. You had a fully booked week last month. Things are moving along. It's just not all like going to happen all at once. Or maybe it's the fact that you caught up on your accounting and your paperwork recently. Go you, because those are really important things. And a lot of us as small business people, we avoid our paperwork. We avoid doing our accounting, right? But that's a win. Because now you don't, now you have, it's Canada Day weekend if you're in Canada. Now you can go and enjoy the cottage or wherever you're going and not have to worry about, not have to worry about your stupid paperwork. So whatever it might be, you know, think about those little wins. Those are really, really helpful. A win is a win is a win. And that can help you feel a bit more positive about your business. Feel less like you're a, you know, a fraud or like you're an imposter and you're bad at your career. And last but certainly not least, one of the things I really recommend, and this is really hard for some people, especially if you feel like it's important for your business. Well, what am I hinting at? I'm hinting at turning off your social media for a little while. Now, I don't recommend deleting your social media unless like you you really truly aren't returning. It's usually better, especially with a business, if you just instead of deleting them, You just remove the shortcuts from your web browser. You delete the apps from your phone. So your accounts are still there. They're just kind of dormant for a little while. Make yourself walk away from social media for a while. And the reason why I strongly recommend that is because what I've been talking about all this episode is that we have a tendency to get into that comparison trap and we're comparing ourselves to somebody else's perfect filtered life. But we're comparing the truth, like the, the crap and, and the good stuff in our lives, in our businesses, the failures and the successes, to somebody else's filtered, perfect successes. And that doesn't help us. So that's why I suggest, for a little while at least, especially if you're really struggling with feeling like an imposter, feeling like your business is never going to be successful... Just walk away from social media for a little while. Take a little digital detox, as they call it these days, or social media detox. I've talked about them in past episodes. Other people talk about it on the internet. It's become a bit of a, uh, almost a joking trend. Even uh, what's, he, what's JP, uh, I can't remember his last name, the, the comedian uh, Awaken with JP or whatever he calls his, his little routine. Uh, even he recently did a how to, do, how to be ultra spiritual and do a digital detox or something like that. And I, I haven't watched it yet. I'm sure it's really hilarious. But that's how much the community is talking or the, like the world is talking about uh, digital detoxes. And it's become a bit of a joke almost. But it's also something that's actually helpful if you are dealing with feelings of feeling like you're a fraud or feeling like your business is just not going to be successful, feeling like you're comparing yourself to others all the time, that kind of stuff. It can be very helpful. Just unplug for a while. Be with loved ones. Go out in nature. Draw. 
you know, get out on your bike, like whatever it is that makes you feel good, whatever you need, or even if it's just like, not those things, but even just like booking appointments with your doctor and like doing your laundry and just like day-to-day stuff, like just get off the digital stuff for a little while. Take some time, look at what's actually going well. And then when you're ready and you're feeling more positive and you've, you're more connected to what you actually want and what success looks like for you and not somebody else, then you can come back to social media, right? But just take a break from it so you're not constantly being bombarded by messages and images that make it look like everybody else's career in life is perfect and yours isn't. Because of course that's not true. But it's easy to think that. So yeah, those are my tips for dealing with feelings of imposter syndrome or feeling like you're not going to be successful in your career. It's a really hard thing, you know? It's a really hard thing in business to not have the success that you feel like you should have or not have the success that others want or that you want for yourself, you know, when you're struggling. And it's not something that's going to be fixed overnight, but mindset is a huge part of it. And if you can pull yourself away from that mindset of I am not good enough or I am not going to be successful because, you know, I, I think, again, you know, you're in that imposter syndrome mindset where regardless of the fact that, it, you know, you have lots of evidence that you are doing okay, you feel like you're not. You feel like everything's a failure. You feel like you're never going to measure up or whatever it might be that you're telling yourself. So we have to kind of get ourselves out of that pattern and work through it so that we can be successful in our lives and business and our career as health and wellness and fitness professionals, you know, Um, especially in this day and age where everybody is very, um, like how to put this, health, wellness and fitness is kind of trendy right now. There's a lot of businesses based on that. There's a lot more yoga teachers than there used to be. There's a lot more massage therapists than there used to be. There's a lot more clinics out there offering alternative therapies than there used to be, etc. And it's not about competition. That's not what I'm trying to say. But I'm saying that, you know, if you're in this career and you're struggling, part of it is that you've got so many other people that you can potentially compare yourself to and contrast yourself with. And it's not easy, you know, building a business. But one of the things that's really important as a take-home message, I think, here is that there is room for everybody. And if you can get out of the mindset that, you know, um, I can never be as successful as as so-and-so or like my, my clinic will never look like theirs or whatever, you can get out of that mindset and just keep working towards what you want from your clinic or your studio or your mobile business or whatever it is you do, if you can get out of that pattern of thinking that, you know, you have to be like everyone else and you can just focus on what you want and what, you know, what moving forward looks like to you because forward is a direction, by the way. It doesn't matter how slow you're going. What's that, what's that saying? It doesn't matter how slowly you go as long as you do not stop. So if you can remind yourself of that and keep working towards your goals... And stop comparing yourself to others so much and stop worrying about what other people are doing so much. I think you can feel a lot more positive about your career and more more like, you know, hey, you know what? What I want is achievable. 
it may I may not get my the success I want tomorrow, but if I work hard, I can get it eventually. It it will come. And I think that's probably the most important important thing to remember. So Good luck with everything. Um, as always, my inbox is open to you guys. If you have questions about this or you're curious about, you know, more ways that you can deal with imposter syndrome or feeling like, you know, you're not going to be successful at your career, um, Candace at happylittlebiz.com, of course, or, you know, um, there's some articles on my website, I think, that I've I've written about this thing and that this kind of stuff in the past. So, uh, yeah. So that's it. Happy Canada Day for those of you in Canada. Happy Independence Day or, you know, the 4th for those of you in the U.S. And uh, I'm going to be away next week, but we'll be releasing the next set of podcast episodes uh, on sort of marketing and, and, you know, advertising and how to promote your business and all that kind of stuff uh, starting the following week. So the second full week of July, we'll be back on the Friday with those kinds of episodes. All right, take care and uh, enjoy your summer. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. I really do appreciate your time and your efforts. The times that you guys contact me with ideas for the podcast or comments about episodes or ratings and reviews, all of that, I really love it. I read all of it. I do really appreciate you guys. Um, By the way, if you would like to leave me a formal review, of course, I would really appreciate that. Head on over to iTunes find my podcast, so Life Beyond the Massage Table, click on ratings and reviews, and then just give me a rating and a review. Five stars, of course, and a glowing review. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. You know, let me know what you really think, but I do appreciate five stars as well. Let's be real here. Now, for you guys that might be new to the podcast, let me briefly introduce myself here. My name is Candace Eisner, and I am a former massage therapist in the province of Ontario, and I've also worked in various other health and wellness careers, so I've got a pretty good view of what it's like to do what you guys do. My mission right now is to help those in health, wellness, and fitness careers build strong businesses because I really believe to my core that taking care of others has to start with taking care of you. So that's what this podcast is all about, is helping you build a business that really matches who you are and what you value and what's important to you so that you feel happy when you go to work each day. You feel like this career is the right one for you, that everything just works so much better for your life. Now, before I finish off and let you guys get about, you know, go about your day, I will mention where you can find me on social media if you would like to. The main place you can interact with me if you'd like to just chat or see what I'm posting about or, you know, get on my newsletter list or any of that kind of stuff, find me on Instagram. Um, Happy Little Biz is my username. Or, of course, you can head over to my website, happylittlebiz.com, and there's links to all that stuff there. All right, that's it. Enjoy the rest of your day and I'll be back at you soon.